from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. Hello and a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music. An interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host, Sharad. And I'm Maureen. And you're listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Let's begin our program with a song. Be ready. 
would take me when my Jesus comes to take me. Take me. You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope from Pune, India. And now, here's a nature study. By Esther. Title of the talk, Kangaroo Rats. Dear listener, today we are going to study about kangaroo rats. The kangaroo rat doesn't worry about what he will drink for he gets his water just like all of the other pocket mice and rats from the food he eats, which is mostly seeds. Kangaroo rats live in the southwestern United States. They are basically hermits, in that they each have their own house away from other rats. Kangaroo rats will build many tunnels in the ground and have as many as 12 entrances to their house, these rats will go out and gather up seeds, storing them in pouches in their cheeks. They may get hundreds of seeds before coming back and unloading. They unload the seeds in the tunnels where they are continuously moved from place to place. The seeds are not only food but then humidifiers as well, both of which are necessary for survival. These little creatures are about 15 inches long, more than half of which is tail. They have short front legs and long black legs like a kangaroo. That's where they get their name. Their tail is used to give balance as they jump. It has a nice bushy clump of hair on the tip. They have pale yellow to dark brown hair on top with a white stripe along the side and down the tail and a white underside. The female will have her babies twice a year and she will have from two to six in a litter. Naturalists say that the tunnel house becomes a nursery of infants mewing like kittens. When they get angry, they will thump the ground. That is a warning to stay away. Dear listener, kangaroo rats put most of their energy storing up food. God wants us not to worry about our physical needs. If our spiritual life is right with Him, He will take care of the rest. But most of us have so little faith that we don't want to trust Him that far. Tell God today that you want to trust Him. Then, Really and truly trust Him and see what happens. You will be surprised. Thank you for the nature study. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. To learn more on nature, keep listening to Adventist World Radio. We will be studying different objects of nature because there is a simplicity and purity in these lessons direct from nature that makes them of the highest value. The children and youth 
all classes of students need the lessons to be derived from this source. In itself, the beauty of nature leads the soul away from sin and worldly attractions and toward purity, peace and God. Dear friend, death, struggle, pain and violence were not part of God's original creation. Let's discover what was the world like when God created it. To know more on God's Word, you could also write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio, Post Box number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on adventistmediacenter at gmail.com. You may also follow our programs on our website awr.org slash English program. Before you hear God's word, here's another song. Their chains were fastened tight Down at the jail at night Still Paul and Silas would not be dismayed They said it's time to lift up Sing praises to the Lord Let's prove that we will trust Him Come what may
a woman what her greatest health fear is. And the chances are she'll say breast cancer. But it's heart disease that kills more women each year, making it the number one health threat to women of all ages. Yet, ironically, it's also the most preventable. New guidelines on heart disease have revised experts' view of the disease. It's no longer either or. That is, either a woman has heart disease or she doesn't. Instead, researchers now know that heart disease is a continuum of gradually increasing risk. No matter what your age is or where you are on the continuum, you can reduce your heart disease risk by as much as 80% starting right now. According to the new guidelines, here's how. Number 1. Know your risk. Begin screening of heart disease risk factors at the age of 20. Have blood pressure, body mass index, that is BMI, and waist size checked at least every two years. Blood cholesterol and blood sugar levels should also be checked every five years. Number two, don't smoke and quit if you do. Number three, stay active. This means 30 minutes of activity a day on most days of the week. Number four, enjoy a healthful, low-fat diet. Choose plenty of whole grain foods, fruits, vegetables and low-fat dairy products. Include fish and walnuts in your diet. These are good source of a heart-healthy omega-3 fatty acids. Number five, maintain a healthy weight. Regular exercise and a heart-friendly diet can help you do this. And finally, number six, get help for stress or depression. These issues may increase heart risks. And remember, it's the simple lifestyle choices a woman makes that are her most powerful weapon against heart disease. Disappointments, so won't you listen to me, please? Well, I know about a savior who came down to be a man, and when he left, he sent his spirit, made me everything I am. He came down to my level when I couldn't get up to his, and with a strong arm, he lifted me up and showed me what living is. Hello, and welcome, friend. This is Sharad with you sharing God's word on the topic, Keeping Love Alive in Marriage. Dear listener, what happens to love after wedding? Dear listener, because we live and receive love differently, keeping love alive in our marriages is hard work. If we don't understand how our spouses receives love, our marriages may dry up and we won't understand why. We need to understand each other's primary ways of receiving love. To love and to be loved, what would be more important? 
the desire for romantic love in marriage is deeply rooted in our psychological makeup almost every popular magazine has at least one article each issue on keeping love alive in marriage books abound on the subject television and radio talk shows deal with it keeping love alive in our marriage is a serious business when all the books magazines and practical help available why is it that few couples seems to have found the secret of keeping love alive after the wedding why is it that a couple can attend a communication workshop hear wonderful ideas on how to enhance communication return home and find themselves totally unable to implement the communication patterns demonstrated dear listener how is that we read a magazine about how to express love to your spouse and won't you want like to put effort on that my dear listener understanding each other is very important we have long known that in early childhood development each child develops unique emotional patterns some children for example develop a pattern of low self esteem whereas others have healthy self esteem some develop emotional patterns of insecurity whereas others grow up feeling insecure and secure some children grow up feeling loved wanted and appreciated yet others grow up feeling unloved unwanted and unappreciated the children who feel loved by their parents and peers will develop a primary emotion love language based on their unique psychological makeup and the way their parents and significant other persons express love to them they will speak and understand one primary love language they may later learn a secondary love language but they will always feel most comfortable with their primary language children who do not feel loved by their parents and peers will also develop a primary love language however it will be somewhat distorted in much the same way as some children may learn poor grammar and have an understanding and uh, underdeveloped vocabulary that poor programming does not mean that they cannot become good communicators but it does mean they will have to work at it more diligently those who had a more positive model likewise children who grow up with an uh, underdeveloped sense of emotional love can also come to the feel loved and to communicate love but they will have to work at it more diligently than those who grew up in a healthy loving atmosphere my dear friend seldom do a husband and wife have the same primary emotional love language we tend to speak our primary love language and we become confused when our spouse does not understand what we are communicating we are expressing our love but the message does not come through because we are speaking what to them is a foreign language we have to discover and understand our own primary love language as well as the primary love language of our spouse 
Once you identify and learn to speak your spouse's primary love language, I believe that you will have discovered the key to a long-lasting loving marriage. Love need not evaporate after the wedding. But in order to keep it alive, most of us will have to put forth the effort to learn a secondary love language. We cannot rely on our native uh, tongue if our spouse does not understand it. If we want him or her to feel the love we are trying to communicate, we must express it in his or her primary love language. My dear listener, here are some important thoughts which can help. Number one, look back to your childhood. Did you feel adequately uh, loved by your parents? How did they primarily express love? Based upon, the, based upon the results, dear listener, in your life, what impacts did they have on the way you communicate love to your spouse? Secondly, make a list of your parents' failures and successes in conveying affection and affirmation to you. What similarities do you see in how you express affection to your spouse? How were your failures unconsciously reflecting those of your parents? What about successes? Thirdly, dear listener, identify problem areas within the past few months. One, positive acts of love to which your spouse did not respond. Number two, expressions of frustrations over the lack of caring which you were either ignorant or even in disagreement. Find out what is the real nature of the problem. Fourthly, contemplate a time when you communicate love in some form and it was not received as such. Perhaps it was not rejected but simply not recognized. Why are good intentions, sincerity and even follow-through not always sufficient? You may not have diminished your expressions of love and yet your spouse may be acting more negatively over time. There are some basic but essential questions you need to ask to discover your primary love language. What do you request the most? What makes you feel the most loved? What hurts you deeply? What do you desire most of all? My dear listener, to love and to be loved, what would be more important? The craving for love is your deepest emotional need. Each of us feel loved when others speak our primary love language. We are drawn to that person because he or she is meeting our basic need to be loved. The love language in human relationships are a reflection of divine love. We are made in the image of God and we have to find all love languages expressed in the character and nature of God. Lean on to the one who is the author of this marriage relationship and your life may well deliver its opportunities to redefine and deepen your love. No doubt you will discover on your marriage journey your own ways to grow the love you have for each other. My dear listener, we may not fully understand what it is to be made in the image of God. Nevertheless, we do know that one main element of the image of God given to the human race is love. 
to love and to be loved both equally enjoyable and blessed god is love first john chapter 4 verse 8 and 16 he grants power to love love one another as i have loved you he says john chapter 13 verse 34 on the same token it is important to note that satan the embodiment of all evil grants power to hate and sometimes even to delight in it we are told of the condition of the world as the day of christ's coming approaches and second uh, timothy chapter 3 verses 2 to 9 says for men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy unloving unforgiving slanderers without self-control brutal despisers of good traitors headstrong naughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying its power they are led away by various lusts always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth they also resist the truth men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith dear listener we are told to run away from such people and that one day their folly will be revealed to all god bless you dear listener as you understand each other and understand the love of god and praise god for his love that was shown on calvary for each one of us god bless you let's pray our loving and living heavenly father giver of all good things in life lord we want to uh, derive strength from you to love each other to understand each other may we lean on you for life's journey help us to keep love alive in our relationship in jesus precious name we pray we have almost come to the end of our program to learn more on god's word we would love to receive your letters on adventist world radio post box number 17 pune 411001 maharashtra india you could also email us on adventismediacenter@gmail.com we invite you to follow our programs also on our website that's awr.org/englishprogram this is your host sharad and i am maureen signing off from adventist world radio do join us again along with your family and friends until we meet again via radio we wish you goodbye and god bless you